Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Thanks for joining us today. Let's face it, forming new habits takes time and energy. You may wonder if spending and energy on forming healthy habits will actually pay off in the end. According to the experts, you can form simple habits in about 21 days. Those new habits will not only give you a sense of accomplishment, but they will also improve your overall sense of control and satisfaction with life. Good habits breed good habits. For example, I set out to change my flat surface freak habit. According to my husband, Anytime I see a flat surface, I fill it with something and then leave it there forever. His gentle chiding finally got to me after 30-some years, and I decided to do something about it. I broke the task down, though, because keeping all of the countertops in the house clear of clutter at once seemed too daunting. You probably know what I'm talking about. I started with the kitchen island. I made the habit of keeping it wiped down and clean from clutter each morning before I left for work and each evening before I went to bed. The counter has remained clean for four months now. About a month ago, I added the bathroom counter to the list of flat surfaces I wanted to keep tidy. This involved cleaning out the medicine cabinet and drawers in the bathroom and assigning everything to a place. My success in the kitchen made it easy to incorporate the new habit in the bathroom. I've also discovered that by keeping those two areas clean, I have more time in my day. And believe it or not, I have more energy and more free time. I've read somewhere that clutter can actually make it difficult for us to concentrate and get anything done. And that makes sense. God is a God of order, and we were created to live in an orderly manner. So why is a self-care checklist for mental health important? Well... I once worked at a job where every single day seemed to fill with drama and annoyances. The boss would continuously remind me what I should be doing and how I should be doing it without even checking to see if I had followed his previous instructions or not. Whenever he left the kitchen, the cooks, waitresses, and busboys would bellyache about the boss, the job, and life in general. A job that had started out as a delightful boon to a high school kid turned into drudgery. By the time the school year started again in September, I couldn't wait to get out of a difficult situation. In retrospect, I realized I contributed to the problem. Because I wanted to fit in, I joined in the bellyaching. I didn't have the social skills to communicate with my boss about his very annoying habit. Eventually, I went off to college and took classes to become a teacher. That's where I learned about the toxic teacher lunchrooms. Sure, every business or line of work can have toxic lunchrooms. But for some reason, teacher lunchrooms have gained notoriety as especially toxic. When I started my first student teaching internship, I quietly slipped into the lunchroom, opened my brown bag, and took a bite out of my sandwich. I also listened. Sure enough, within five minutes, the room filled with veteran teachers complaining about this or that student, the so-and-so administrator, and how they couldn't wait for the weekend. I decided to find a different place to eat lunch. Now that I've taught for over 30 years, I've learned a lot about communication skills and how to ensure that work doesn't drag me down. 
I use a self-care checklist for mental health to help me form healthy mental health habits. The acronym WAGS, W-A-G-S, helps me remember the four keys to forming positive mental health habits. Hack number one starts with W, and it stands for Write It Down. First of all, I learned to write stuff down. Rather than whine to another person, I get all of my frustrations out on paper or a keyboard, whichever works for you. Writing acts as a catharsis to my negativity and allows me the opportunity to assess my feelings. Many times, I'll start out griping about one thing, only to realize that something else has actually caused my discontent. You don't have to write a book, but taking time to write a few simple I statements can sure help you blow off some steam. For example, I feel annoyed when the boss tells me how to do something without checking to see if I'm actually doing what he wanted. Or, when my coworkers complain about other students, I feel uncomfortable. Or perhaps, I feel angry when coworkers don't do their jobs. It makes all of us look incompetent. Writing down your feelings allows you to own and acknowledge them in a safe place. It also lets you decide which situations you want to act on. You have space to ask yourself if that thing that drives you crazy is a hill worth dying on. If you answer yes, then you'll need to come up with an action plan. For example, if you have a valid complaint, plan out how you're going to take that complaint to your supervisor in the way that would be most beneficial to good communication. My suggestion is you use the sandwich method. Start with a compliment, then voice your complaint, and then end with a compliment. I've discovered that writing about my feelings on a daily basis helps give me clarity about situations, and self-knowledge makes a wonderful basis for self-care. Hack number two, A stands for affirmations for everyone, including yourself. Sometimes I affirm other people. Just acknowledging how other people influence me positively puts me in a more positive mood. Even better, when I give a verbal affirmation to someone else, I can make the world a better place. It doesn't cost me anything but time. But knowing it can make a world of difference in someone else's life boosts my mood. I've also learned to make affirmations on a daily basis. Sometimes I affirm myself. Researchers have discovered that talking to yourself and using your name, in other words, talking about yourself in the third person, actually helps you maintain a positive attitude about messing up. For example, I could say, Anita, don't stress. You're doing a good job. Just keep trying. Instead of talking to myself and saying, oh, you messed up again. What an idiot. Psychologists have also discovered that self-affirmations help us perform better under stress. One of my favorite self-affirmations comes from the Bible in Philippians 4.13. I'll leave links in the show notes to both the research and the Bible verse. I can attest to the power of stranger affirmations. A few years ago, I started running again after a winter of trying something else. My go-to app, Nike Run Club, has a free coaching program. They called the first run a benchmark run. A nice guy affirmed me all throughout the run, assuring me that I was a runner, that I could do this, that it felt good. And boy, did I need that encouragement. I detest running in the afternoons. I'd rather exercise first thing in the morning. After not running for several months, I did not want to run that day. But Mr. Nike Nice Guy made it a decent experience, and I feel pretty good about myself for having completed the run. So look around today 
and see who you can affirm. Hack number three, G stands for gratitude. When you fall into a negativity trap, choosing an attitude of gratitude will take self-discipline and daily practice. I have a generally sunny disposition, but in the past 10 years, I've developed a horrible habit of negativity towards church. My husband would say the habit coincides with the advent of smartphones and constant stimulation. He might be right. I concede to some of what he says, but my negativity also stems from other sources. I have a difficult time staying awake if asked to sit still for 45 minutes. Shoot, if I sit still on the weekends for 25 minutes without some form of interaction, I find myself drifting off. In order to keep myself awake, I either let my mind wander, and it usually takes a judgy McJudgerton path, or I fact-check on the preacher on my smartphone. Neither one keeps me positive or grateful. I've decided to work on a new habit of gratitude about church and worshiping with fellow believers. In my prayer journal, I'll list one thing each day that I enjoy about church. I'll also write down an affirmation for the people who lead out in church. I've discovered that when I build things up, it's harder to tear them down. Hack number four, S stands for sharing. Sharing can take myriad forms. Perhaps you share an affirmation with someone. Maybe you give up your seat on a crowded train. When a driver tries to merge onto the freeway as if he owns it, you move over to the fast lane without getting angry. I've discovered the easiest commodity I have to share with everyone is a genuine smile. According to a post in Psychology Today, smiling not only releases feel-good natural chemicals in your body, but it also makes the person who sees you smile feel rewarded. Sharing a genuine smile will not only make you feel better, but it will also make everyone around you feel better too. Even better, smiles don't cost a cent. They may require forming a habit, but the return on your investment is exponential. The bottom line, if you suffer from anxiety, low self-esteem, a constantly negative attitude, or poor interpersonal relationships, you may want to check your mental health habits. Forming new habits on your own may provide relief for your mental stress. But in some cases, it takes the help of a professional to regain your mental health. I'll leave an article from WebMD in the show notes that you can use to assess whether or not you need more help. So don't forget WAGS, the four hacks for improving your mental health. W stands for write it down. A stands for affirmations. And don't forget to affirm yourself. G stands for gratitude and S stands for sharing. If you go to the show notes for this week's episode, episode SCH073, I'll leave a link to a free self-care checklist. This checklist will go more in-depth and help you discover your why for wanting to improve your mental health. Come back next week when I interview the Happy Healthy Caregiver in honor of National Family Caregivers Month. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together, we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.